the Big Six Podcast. It is Tuesday, September 3rd, and the NFL season is here. Hell yes. Football is back. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, Daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. Excited to, uh, to finally move past our eight podcast week. Actually, I guess technically we did a podcast on Monday too with our bold predictions, but I'm also excited to welcome back for the first time since his fifth vacation of the summer, the one, the only, a man who woke up feeling dangerous, Ryan Wilson. You guys would have felt terrible if I died. I almost did die. Tell Friend. the tell the tell the listeners how you almost died. Well, nothing like getting tweets while I'm sitting on the side of a road waiting uh, let for me, it. Let me interrupt you really quick. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, as I do every Labor Day, and I think this is actually going to be the last one for Various reasons, one of which I'll explain during the course of this conversation. I also think it's something ironic that uh, listeners got super upset that we went on tangents because there's no football. And now there's football. We're going to start off with a huge tangent. But uh, driving back from Asheville, North Carolina to New York, which I've done for the last four years with my family, and it's a 12-hour drive. It's not a lot of fun, but whatever, we do it and go down for a few days, have fun. Driving back on um, Sunday, get to Pennsylvania, four hours from our house, and I see in front of me uh, a minivan on my interstate, which isn't that unusual. And underneath them, I see this huge piece of what looks like metal or hard plastic come flying out. And it doesn't hit the front of our car, which I was happy about, but it hit the underside of our car, and it was a huge loud thud, which isn't uncommon at 70 miles an hour, I'd imagine. And uh, my first thought was, thank God it didn't blow out the tire. I'll keep going on my merry way. My second thought, 30 seconds later, when someone pulled up next to me in their Honda CRV and pointed furiously at my back tire was, oh, my God, uh, this tire blew and we're going to die soon. So I get off at the next exit like a mile down the street and um, go to this gas station. And turns out that hard piece of plastic or metal that went underneath the car and made such a loud bang and scared my kids had ruptured the gas tank. Whoa. Apparently gas is flammable. Yeah. And uh, yeah. my father-in-law was like, well, it's pretty good, pretty good. Uh, Pretty lucky for you no one flipped a cigarette out the window in front of you while you were driving down the street. Uh, yeah, that would have been uh, literally explosive. So got out of the car. Shout out to Avis for hooking us up. They called a lift for us, and, which is uh, pretty awesome. I had no idea they do this. And they'll drive you for free 50 miles to the nearest Avis location, get you another car, get you on your way. The issue is we were 64 miles from the nearest Avis location, and uh, a lift refused to come out there and, and pick us up. We were near Harrisburg, PA. So I had to call a taxi. So we, we were literally on the side of the road for four hours waiting for the taxi, and uh, he came. He was awesome. Got in the lift instead of getting home at around 10.30 p.m. Got home at 3 a.m., so, Man, I don't know, sucks. 18 it, hours ago. And you had your plane, too, in the new car. Oh, All God, I forgot that part. Yeah, so we're driving home an hour from home uh, at 2 in the morning. It's raining. You can't see it's raining so hard. It hadn't rained the whole trip. And we're in this little Hyundai Elantra. Uh, that car might weigh 400 pounds, fully loaded. So heavy rain, ball tires, a lot of skidding going on. So at 2.45, I'm like, you know what? This is a perfect end to a perfect day. This thing skids off the guardrails, goes over the embankment, to quote Tommy Boy. That that would be a fitting end. I will say this, and I figured this out while I was probably hydroplaning. I almost ran over someone in the middle of the freeway. Some guy who worked for the State Department in the, in the state of Tennessee was picking up trash. He literally parked on interstate, whatever that is. I don't think it's 81 yet. It's a major interstate. Got out of his car, walked across two lanes. And if you're driving on the interstate, generally you don't look to see if there are people crossing the street. So if I had not slammed on brakes, I would have killed a person before, and I wouldn't have actually ruptured my gas tank. It would have been terrible for him. And then your whole life would have turned into the plot of, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that, and the summer's almost over, so I definitely would have been dead the next 24 hours. So that luckily I missed that guy. And then I almost got run off the road by a car carrier, you know, the 18-wheelers that carry all the cars. 
Um, so I figured third time a charm was hitting the, the metal piece and blowing up the gas tank almost. But disaster avoided, made it home. I'm back for the podcast after what was not my fifth vacation. And I think you will all admit, if you're being honest, even if you won't admit here, you've all taken more vacation days than me this summer. <laughs> no. And thankfully none of us died. So here- Sean, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate Ryan's storytelling of his quote unquote three near death experiences? Like a two. <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit of a slow burn without the payoff at the end. I if, didn't die. What do you want me to die? I can't Breach, die. Anymore. And he almost killed someone. Are if, you kidding me? If Breach and the whole story was basically a promotion for Uber, like Lyft, we won't pick you up 50 miles away. Call Uber. Yeah, or Avis. Golly. <laughs> get a room with Avis, pal. Um, <laughs> by the way, if Breach hadn't jumped in with the I know what you did last summer thing, I'm going to say that story flops. So good job by you, Breach. I was going to say, why don't we cut it and then just start right now, the podcast right now. Well, you know what, guys? Next time I hope I die. And that way, at least that'll be interesting. For you. <laughs> would we – Would all right, it's been five minutes already, so we need to get a football. But I am curious. If Ryan died in this gas tank explosion incident, like his shrapnel ripped open his gas tank. And, and let's say just for the sake of this hypothetical that uh, nobody else in his family was with him and it was just Ryan that died. Because, you know, we no, don't they, wanna... they, they were there. They survived. That's what would happen to me. Right. But so Ryan dies – how long would we be given by the podcast listeners to discuss Ryan's death before we need to grow up and move on to football? I would say like two and a half minutes, three minutes. Well, I, I think I got it written in my contract. I get a week of bereavement if any of you guys die. So I'm milking that, taking my seven days. Then I'll see you next Monday and you guys figure it out. Would we do all, an entirely Ryan's dead of whatever it was like? It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like so like in the feed, it's like, it's like Ryan's dead is like the title calling yeah. emergency. What would happen is you would do a regular podcast and at the very end, you could, Oh, by the way, I forgot. Wilson died. We'll be back tomorrow with Brady Quinn. That's right. Well, in we, honor, in honor of Wilson. Uh, okay. Anyway, that was six minutes of, of nonsense, but we're glad you're back, Ryan. This is, uh, we're going to be ready for the entire season. Everybody's locked and loaded. We'll get you going this week. We got Brady Quinn hanging out tomorrow. We're going to do some fantasy advice, uh, down the stretch. Um, I think we're going to actually start a pick six podcast Facebook group. I'll have more details on that, but if we do it, I'm told that I'll have to answer lineup questions there. Um, a lot of you, you have a ton of, a ton of you have asked me fantasy draft questions. You can keep doing it this week via DM. Uh, but don't ask me lineup questions. I don't want to do lineup questions on my DMs. It's too much stuff. Um, We'll do picks against the spread with Pete Briscoe and RJ White. Everything to get you ready for kickoff. And uh, Jared Dubin will be joining me to do a uh, Thursday night preview for the opener. So that's exciting. Um, I'm going to guess that Zeke Elliott won't sign while we're recording this podcast. But let's briefly just kind of recap where we are with this. I know Sean and I and, and Breach and I have probably touched on a little bit. But, you know, Monday's pod was uh, recorded on Friday. So... Just to let you know where we're at on that, it sounded like, via Charles Robinson of Yahoo, that a deal was going to get done. Then more reports, including from Jane Slater of NFL Media, uh, came out that a deal is not happening, and apparently the two sides are far apart. Hey, Breach, if you were drafting a fantasy draft right now, would you take Zeke Elliott fourth, or would you pass on him? I would take him fourth, because I think even if he misses week one, he's still going to be top four total rushing yards, probably top four in total fantasy points, and I could not imagine him missing more than one. I think he'll sign this week, but if he does miss games, it would be probably one maximum, so I would take him for it. When do you think he signs, Sean? Over or under Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time? Mm, I'm taking the over. I think he signs this week. I think it's going to be really close to the game, so I would still take him fourth overall like Breach. 
I would be a little bit worried that even if he's active, he might not see his normal workload. Uh, but in terms of long-term fantasy impact, I'm not worried, and I do think it happens this week. I think that, Ryan, he will miss week one, uh, just as sort of a precaution, but that Zeke Elliott will sign this week. And I think I would not be surprised if it happened, like, while Jerry Jones was doing his radio show on Tuesday morning. or like yeah. What? Go ahead. I think it's going to be like Thursday, Friday, and I think he is going to miss week one. He's not going to be ready. But he – when did Le'Veon Bell go last year? Well, if he, if, if he signs Thursday or Friday, I don't think he can play. Right. I don't think he's going to play week one. Now, I think you have till Saturday. They have, The deadline is Saturday for a Sunday game. I don't think he's playing week one no matter what. He's been in Cabo, and he's lost weight or whatever. He's probably in great shape. But I don't think he's going to – even if he signs Tuesday, you're not going to roll him out there in week one. It would be surprising if he signed Friday, didn't practice at all. Yeah, you're right, Breach. You can, you can theoretically do it on Saturday. But um, it would be surprising to me if he – didn't practice all offseason. They threw him in there on Sunday, just stone cold. Um, yeah, and we talked about their schedule being so easy that it doesn't really matter, right? Uh, Le'Veon Bell was going number two overall last year right. behind Todd Gurley. And how many games did he play? Uh, zero. Did and it, Garrett, did, Garrett, oh, just real quick, Garrett, Jason Garrett did do an interview either today or yesterday where he basically said if if Zeke shows up Saturday and we need him to play, like there he could hypothetically play. So he's not just going to bench Zeke because he doesn't show up till. Saturday night. So I, and I do think that Jason Garrett would totally be the guy who plays his star running back after signing a multi-million dollar contract on Saturday night, playing him Sunday and he gets injured. That would be classic Garrett. They pull a hamstring and he misses seven games or something like that. Yeah, that would be, that would be bad for the Cowboys. Um, hey, let me ask quickly before I went on my 50th vacation, according to you, numbnuts, we were under the impression that uh, Zeke wasn't going to sign. He had been offered 14, but less than what Todd Gurley was making. It sounds like now they're coming around. Do we have any idea how much north of Todd Gurley's 14? What does Gurley make, 14-3? Man, you've been gone for a while, huh? Um, <laughs> no, it's looking more like he's going to clock in. If it is north, it'll be barely north. And I think right. the guarantees will probably be less than Gurley. I think they want the, the same structure as Gurley, and the, the, the Cowboys are just not willing to do that. Um, and then late Monday night, we have Calvin Watkins, Dallas Morning News, saying, they're about there on guarantees. What they're not agreeing on is the average annual salary. So maybe they're getting close to Gurley guarantees, but he's still a million and a half under Gurley's average annual salary. Whatever it is, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't understand. I've been saying this for the last two weeks. Just pay the – I mean, who cares? It's a million dollars a year. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it is weird. Source tells uh, Dallas Morning News that their Cowboys are closer on guaranteed money with Zeke Elliott, but needs more work on average salary to where everyone is happy is the actual tweet at 7.02 p.m. from Calvin Watkins. Of the Dallas Morning News. Informative. Brand new information. I was reading the actual tweet, so there's not any concerns as Breach sort of, you know, lobs around what might have been, might have been discussed by Calvin Watkins. I'm good at that. Uh, Tim Callishaw of the Dallas Morning News, I believe also the Dallas Morning News, um, or at least some of, of Dallas sports fame said, I said last week, Zeke was, ooh, I said last week, Zeke was high by the time I'm back on radio, 3 p.m. Tuesday. It wasn't breaking news, just pure logic. And it will be right. If I'm off by an hour, forgive me. Interesting. So we think it'll be, then everything, everybody sort of thinks it'll be Tuesday afternoon then. Um, which means if you why, have a, why, why, why say that? What's the upside? Well, here's, here's why it makes sense for him to tweet that out for most people to be predicting that is that, Tuesday's an off day. Once you're done with that, you that's when you start the game planning, the formal practicing for your game that following week. So you'd want to get them in. You get the deal done Tuesday, Tuesday morning, 
get them into the practice facility. All of a sudden, they're there for the whole week of practice, and you're good to go. It's like none of this ever happened. Well, there you okay. go. Okay, so I'm sticking to Thursday. Okay. Um, Ryan Wilson says Thursday. Ryan hasn't. But Wilson almost died over the weekend. We don't know where his head's at. That's he al- right. He also, as you will recall, while on his fifth vacation, didn't look at a single piece of football news. Also, he's not. also already planning his sixth vacation. So, you know, Wilson did not ready. know Andrew Luck retired until ten minutes before this podcast. <laughs> I didn't know. Who, I didn't know he was drafted. He got drafted. <laughs> um, also, coming out of the Cowboys, Zach Martin, Amari Cooper, Jalen Smith, Sean Lee, all expected to be ready for Week One. Actually, that's Tyron Smith, not Jalen Smith. Sorry. Um, so they. It sounds like. They'll be full go against the Giants. Um, are you guys, we're going to touch on some of the things we're excited to see in week one, but that's, that's worth noting. Um, elsewhere, my guy, Jacoby Brissett signed a two year extension. Colts getting busy with quarterbacks, busy with expatriates quarterbacks, actually signed Jacoby Brissett a two year extension worth $30 million with 20 million guaranteed at signing. Sean, are you surprised by this move? Yeah. Um, I don't, you shouldn't be, <laughs> what is the, well then what is, why wouldn't they just let him play out the final year? And then if he plays well, you can still franchise tag him. It'll cost more than it will if he does. I mean, is well, the, yeah, let me answer Sean's question real quick. Cause to clarify, it wasn't an extension. They tore up his 2019. So he's got a two year deal. So he's only under contract for 2020 and they basically gave him franchise tag amount of money from 2020 into his contract now. It's a, it's a one year extension worth, right, th- right. worth 30 million that gives him, basically it says, Hey, listen, this is a, it's a good faith move by the Colts to give him some money in his pocket now. Remember, Jacoby Brissett does not have an agent. He is, he is agent less. So he's not paying 10% of, or 3% or whatever it is off the top of that. He's, um, he is, he is based, they're basically buying out the fran- they basically said, we are going to franchise tag you after this season. Cause I don't know if you know this, Jacoby, we don't have a quarterback. But why would you commit to the franchise tag equivalent of money before you have to? Because That's- you're, you're making the, you're guaranteeing Jacoby a financial compensation. But you don't need to do that. Jacoby Brissett, if, even if he doesn't get that extension, has plenty to play for. He doesn't need to feel like, I don't think, in my opinion, he doesn't need to feel like, oh, we value, here's $20 million. They have more they already, have cap room than anybody. Yeah. He's, they know what they have. They didn't just find this guy. He was there two years ago. He's been in the Frank Rex system the entire time. He's probably, I mean, is he a top 15 quarterback? I, I think, I think he could end up being in that 15 to 20 range at the end of this year yeah. easily. And that's right. And you're not, but that's still projection based though. What's plan B, Sean? If you pay this guy his current deal and then he gives you a hard time next offseason. Wait, plan B is you let him play out this, this deal. And if he plays great, then you hit him with the franchise tag but, or you reach a long-term extension. If he plays poorly, then you let him walk and you might have a high draft pick because you played poorly. That's not plan. I mean, then, then you have to start over. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, like, I'm sort of agreeing with Wilbur, 15 to 20 range, probably. I mean. With, with the upside to be 10 to 15, I think, easily. And it, it could be, in, it's going to be in a bargain. They have all the cap space in the world. But There's it, no reason not to do it. They just it, paid Brian Hoyer 9 million guaranteed on a three year deal. Yep. And, yeah, again, and I also They just have gave done Andrew that. Luck a $20 million parting gift. Yeah. <laughs> hey, remember, again, Jacoby has no agent. So if you're, if, I mean, it's, it is Jacoby and Chris Ballard negotiating this. And if you're, if you're Chris Ballard, you say, listen, buddy, I'm going to put 28 million bucks in your pocket right now, uh, or 20 million dollars, 18 extra million dollars in your pocket right now. Uh, I want you to go out there, kick ass, take names, 
And then let's get back and talk about this extension next year. But I want you to remember. Yeah, drink some old toughies, do whatever you gotta do. But I, I mean, I think, the, I think it is a good faith move. It, it, it helps Jacoby Brissett avoid the possibility of suffering an injury and then losing out on the, you know, the potential franchise tag. And I do see what Sean's saying, but I think this is more along the lines of Chris Ballard feels like, you know, he's seeing Jacoby Brissett play and practice every day and he feels really good about the entire team and Jacoby running it. Because let's say if the Colts win seven or more games, in the 2019 season, then they have Jacoby Brissett at a steal for 2020. Then you franchise in 2021. And then if they don't win a bunch of games, then boom, you're paying them like $15 million next season. It's not a lot of money and you can get rid of them. So it's like, this is Chris Ballard, not just good faith, but also saying, I think we're going to be good. So this is a bargain. I think they're going to be good too. Do we know the over-under? Wilbur? Uh, six and a half or a seven, I think, at the sharper spots. Oh, seven. Ooh, that's good. But I mean, but look, like the other thing too is like with the Brissett deal, that's actually a great point that I hadn't even considered breach. If, if he, you have him signed through 2020, which means if he won't work out an extension with you, you can tag him twice. So you basically control him through 2022, albeit at expensive prices, but this also gets you theoretically to the next CBA and maybe he wants to see what the, you know, the, the rules are with, with franchise tags. I don't mind it at all. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Like you didn't have to do it, but if you believe this is the guy and you got all that cap space, you know. yeah, and I'm not making a huge deal of it. I just look. I would have preferred if you know if I was Chris Ballard, which I'm obviously not. I would have let him play out on a really cheap deal and say, look, if you play well, and the Ravens are there with Joe Flacco, yeah. look what happened. Well, I think the Colts would be perfectly okay with Jacoby Brissett leading them to the Super Bowl and then having to pay him. I'm I'm saying I that's what I would have done. Said, look, if you get us to the playoffs and you play well, we're going to give you an extension. You're going to be fine. And if you don't play well, you're going to hit free agency. That's what I would have done. Sean, how much do you put into the human element of Chris Ballard knowing Jacoby Brissett as a person? Making him feel better. We trust you. You know, that, that sort of thing. I mean, I guess that's the part I'm not factoring in. I don't buy the whole now, you know, now he's empowered to go play great. He already had plenty of incentive to go out there and play great because he was playing for a new contract. Uh, I, I like the Jacoby Brissett deal better than the, uh, Brian Hoyer deal. Three years, 12 million, 12 million, yeah. 9 million guaranteed. Turns 34 next month. They now, so it's like Tom Brady's biggest rival in his entire career. He outlasted Peyton Manning. He outlasted Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was replaced by Andrew Luck, who Tom Brady also outlasted and destroyed thanks to Deflategate. And now the Colts have turned to two former Tom Brady backups as their solution for the 2019 season. Yeah. And we don't know that Brian Hoyer isn't a spy. I mean, he very well could be getting rid of Manchurian candidate up over there in Indianapolis. It's um, Belichick playing the long game as yep. revenge for Deflategate. Yeah, speaking of Belichick, in Kiel Harry to the injured reserve to Marius Thomas re-signs with the Pats. I think that's a, uh, the temporary injury IR for, uh, for in Kiel Harry, but pretty good, uh, pretty good move to be able to let Demar- Demarius Thomas walk, then bring him back. Nate Peterman! He didn't even bring up the, the biggest winner. And that Nikhil Harry to the IR move. Jacoby Myers? Yeah. I guess. They don't really play the same position. Yeah, but he's an NC State guy, and I thought you'd want to get that in there. Huge preseason. No, it's huge preseason. I think he's going to be a big factor this year. Bigger year. Jacoby uh, Myers or uh, Garrett Bradbury, center for the Vikings. I don't know if you saw this, but I picked uh, – well, Breach, Breach hadn't published his um, predictions, right? They came out today, Monday, or yesterday. Uh Oh, you mean, wait, wait, you're talking no, about no, everyone's predictions? Yeah, when do those come out? Those will come out, so listeners can listen on Tuesday, and they come out Tuesday. Well, why, so are, 
Well, we should be doing that for this podcast. What the hell? Um, <laughs> well, we can tell people just go read them. So yeah. all our predictions are out. Our Super Bowl predictions, our MVP predictions. Are we- if you are listening right now, you can go on the website, go on to CBSSports.com, and you can find these predictions. Right, well, are we not doing a podcast about our predictions? Maybe we'll just do that instead for this podcast. Um, I have, uh, I picked Garrett Bradbury as offensive rookie of the year. Out, outside the box. Uh, has this, has an offensive lineman gotten any votes as rookie of the year ever? What's that? Quentin Nelson probably got some votes. Yeah, he probably did. Yeah, Quentin Nelson can't win it. Garrett Bradbury's probably not. Yeah, It'll be the trailblazer. <laughs> Who knows? Um, Jacoby, uh, Garrett Bradbury, bigger year then is, is my answer to that. Yeah, uh, Nate, Nate Peterman to the IR. You know what That's else? a win for Peterman, by the way. Yeah, it is. You know who else is a win for? Mike, yeah. Mike Glennon, baby. Number oh. two behind Derek Carr. Everything's coming up me on this podcast. Um, and, uh, Deshaun Kaiser is now in as the third string quarterback there. Josh Doxson, Ryan's favorite, uh, wide receiver ever. Uh, signs, I don't know. Signs of the Vikings. Uh, eh, or meh. I mean, this is a terrible indictment of, uh, Laquan uh, Treadwell. With La- Laquan Treadwell drafted one pick, uh, apart from, uh, from, uh, from Josh Doxson. So there's that. Uh, Bill O'Brien asked about the Texans trades. Said these moves were part of a plan. Something that was well thought out. Spent a lot of time on it and tried to execute the plan. It's not just a plan to improve the team for 2019. It's not just, it's a plan to improve the roster for years to come, giving us the ability and flexibility to extend our core players while continuing to add and develop talent. He then added, plus, I hate draft picks. <laughs> Did he really say that? <laughs> no, he, no, he oh, I like that Wilson had to ask though. That's how say, what, that, was. that explains everything. I was like, oh, okay, what? now it makes some sense. Do we know, like, do we have an idea who exactly is pulling the strings? I mean, Bill. Uh, Bill O'Brien. What, 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 what did I call him? The Patriots preacher? <laughs> yeah, the preacher. That's what you call him. He's another, he could be another Russian spy for all we know. Him yeah. and Brian Horry could be pulling the strings in the, the Texans front office. Uh, so who else is sitting in the room with him besides a bunch of ventriloquist dummies? What, wait, what's the record for most trades lost in a day? Because the Texans definitely lost every trade they made on Saturday. <laughs> oh, how many did they make? That's the Three. record. I, I think four. That's did the, they do four? They made the Carlos Hyde. They made a cornerback trade with the Patriots. They made uh, the Jadevian Clowney trade and they made the Dolphins trade. So, I don't and they lost them all without a general manager. This, they're literally the poster child. If any team thinks about going without a general manager, they're going to be like, look what happened to the Texans. We can't do that. We need to hire someone right now. That was Sean's line on like yesterday or whatever the, the Monday, emergency, the Monday pot. emergency pot on Sunday night. He's like, I think this is a very good case for why all teams need general managers, like, <laughs> but not like sarcastically or ironically. Just, Hey, I think guys need general, guys need general managers. And yeah, they do. Bill um, O'Brien was uh, actually asked if the uh, Andrew Luck retiring prompted him to trade for Lar- uh, Laramie Tunsil to protect Deshaun Watson, who might also follow Andrew Luck's lead and uh, and retire. I thought originally when I when I saw the quote that he was asked that question because now that Andrew Luck's gone, he thought that would give the Texans the best chance to win the division now, and he went and traded for Laramie Tunsil, which would also make sense given sort of the the way that I, that that franchise operates in terms of the crazy things they do. But either way. I, I'm still not high on, on the Texans in that division. I still think it's going to be Jacoby Brissett, baby. I watched, uh, I was on, uh, I didn't watch, I was on Sportsline on, uh, Monday night on CBS Sports HQ or 24-7 streaming sports network available on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, real sports news for real sports fans, ditch the fake debates. Um, and, uh, and I, I said I would take the under 
Oh, no, the under, excuse me. I said yes or no on the Texans make the playoffs. I would take no minus 130. And, uh, and actually Todd Furman agreed with me. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, How does he feel about the Colts? Uh, we didn't, I don't think we actually talked about the Colts for sure, for whatever reason. We Someone has to win that division. That's right. I know, I know John's on the Jaguars, but I don't, I don't think that's going to work out. Um, and finally in news, Jay Gruden says the, says Monday, the offense carries wise will probably go through Darius Geis. Good move or bad move to lean on the rookie instead of the ageless Adrian Peterson preach? Uh, I think that is a good move. If I have a second year running back on my roster who looks somewhat talented, I'm going to play him over the 34 year old running back who, you know, he, he was decent last season, but the Redskins, we saw what he did once Alex Smith went down, once the offense was evolving around him. You cannot build your offense around Adrian Peterson, and you can't expect your offense to run through Adrian Peterson at this point. Like, he's a good complementary back. He's a good change of pace back. Uh, but you just – you're not going to go to the playoffs or win that division if Adrian Peterson is your feature running back. And not that they're going to go to the playoffs or win that division anyway, but I do like – I agree with Jay Gruden here, which surprises me. I would point out that, uh, and you won't believe I'm going to say this, but Darius Geis is coming off an ACL injury. <laughs> Our ACL I'm, expert. I, I'm okay with running the offense to Darius Geis, but I, I, only for this reason. John, who would you describe as the other playmakers in that offense? Besides Darius Geis? Yeah. Can I name Adrian Peterson? Sure. Who else? <laughs> as you scramble to look up the depth chart. <laughs> no, I was thinking of – because I was going to name Samaje! Paul Richardson. Is, is he the biggest receiver on that – is he the best receiver on that team? Well, Josh Doxon just signed with the Vikings. We discussed that. Oh, uh, my God. That's hilarious. Uh, there's Jordan Reed who can't stay healthy. And, and I sort of mentioned that because I was on, on Junkies on 106.7, the fan in D.C. last week. And they weren't angry at me, but they seemed shocked when I said that – what would you guys say is the ceiling for wins? Like everything goes right. How many games can this this Redskins team, as currently constituted, without Trent Williams, win in 2019? Six. I was going to say seven. I six. said six, and they were like, "That is preposterous." Because I said they were they were the second worst team after the the Dolphins. So the, I thought the junkies disagreed with you when you said the Redskins are terrible. Well, they, they weren't uh, they weren't angry. Yeah, they, they thought they would be. They think the Redskins would be better than that. And and the people on Twitter thought long and hard about exactly that. They said last year they won seven games. They had a bunch of injuries. They'll win at least seven games this year. If this team wins seven games, Jay Gruden should get a lifetime extension. Or coach of the year at the very least. Well, yeah, he should get it every year for the rest of his life if they win seven games this year. I don't understand how with this team they're going to win six football games. Eric Flowers is a starting offensive player on this team. The starting starting (laughs) left tackle on this team. They get to play the Giants twice. They get to play the Dolphins. That's halfway there. They're not going to be the Giants twice. I think, be, I, think, I think Miami beats them in Miami. Is the game? Okay. God, if you lose to Miami Miami, as both these teams are currently made up, that's a wrap on the season. I mean, you have to get – you have to fire Jay Gruden. That's, I, yeah, it's Jay Gruden firing week. I think yeah. – I mean, I think the defense let's is pre, – Let's pre-record that podcast right now, the Jay Gruden getting fired after the Dolphins game. Jay Gruden, <laughs> Jay Gruden. All right, that's fine with me. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and do something related to the 2019 NFL season. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. 
The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, so... Predictions time, as planned all along. Never in doubt that we would talk about predictions today, guys. Um, I'm. By the way, speaking of predictions and rankings, big shout out to Sean moving ahead of Ryan on the reliability rankings. Please, Ryan, would you like to issue a statement uh, in contrast to these these movements? And breach, don't be offended, but you know. Yeah, I think it's more than anything. It's rude that you think breaches. If I had to make a list. Breach is more reliable than any of you. And Will, you're so far and behind. I don't, I don't know what you have to do to make it up, but that's fine. It's, you guys, Sean, if you want to form an alliance with Brinson, do so at your own. The reason, okay. the reason Sean is now number one, it's not, it's Sean is on the this west. This is like Mean Girls, by the way, but go ahead. Sean is on the west coast, which means that he is always available late when he needs to be, but he's not. He's not. I'm just kidding. I'm available 362 days a year, so it's absurd that I would be on any sort of list of what are being the, unavailable. What I'm just, Breach, I'm just joking with you. What are the? Just, you, you guys are all equally <laughs> incredible and wonderful. What are the uh, three days you're not available? Uh, obviously, Cinco de Mayo, of course. Um, right. Your wife's, Labor Day. Your Labor Day and your wife's birthday, right? Right. I think, I think Sean's face nailed it. says it all. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Yeah. That's May 5th, March 3rd, and the first Monday of September. Write all that down, Brenton, because I don't want any emails. I don't want to be distracted on those days. I just want to be able to have fun. No one Brent, would you say, would you admit that you're the least reliable person of, of, of the bunch? Uh, yeah. I mean, not, <laughs> not, I mean, not when it comes to like being, like being on the podcast every day. I would say I'm the most reliable, but in terms of general reliability, yes, yeah. obviously. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Well, your- just as a recent example, we've been doing a hundred predictions for the hundredth NFL season draft where Ryan's not involved, but Breach and Brinson are involved and I am and seven other people where we take turns making bold, making just predictions. And it's been an email thread. Brinson was taking so long. I decided every time he had to make a pick, I, I told him, why don't we just make predictions and then you at the end just add yours in? So the post is done, entirely pretty much written except the intro, except there's just a bunch of lines that say Brinson, blurb coming. 
So um, the post would be done, except we're waiting for someone to make a few predictions here. I give him credit for working through that in therapy and now owning that. So that's that's progress. Also, I told Sean, I was like, look, you'd be better off just making these up yourself and attributing it to me. <laughs> and, he, and he acts like now he's doing me a favor just by oh, yeah. suggesting that. The best part was when I used to do the schedule for all of us. And you guys would know. You would have it in a week to nights before the next month. And you, you can imagine he would always be last. And then he would get angry because the days that he needed off, he couldn't get off because he waited to the day before the next month. And then he tried to turn it on me like it was my fault. So the, the worst part of my job for three years was having to do the schedule and then knowing at the end of every month I'm going to have to have a shouting match with this guy because he couldn't get in his schedule and on time like everyone else. All right, what are the picks? What are we doing? So we're going to make our season predictions. We were going to talk about things we're looking forward to in uh, 2019 of week one, but no, 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 no. We're audibling because the predictions are running right now, so just ignore the whole part where we discussed this in the earlier portion of the podcast. We will, however, uh, you know, I'm going to let Breach choose where we start. What do you think, Breach? What's the what's the best way to go about this? Should we should we dive into breakout teams, or should we just do the individual awards? Um, I feel like you don't want to give away our Super Bowl pick too early, even though we did that. Um, right, and I do think that by if you know if we start with the MVP, that gives you a feeling of where someone might be going with their prediction. So I think let's start with, uh, yeah, bounce back teams, teams that were bad last year that we think will be good this year. Mm. Well, everyone knows that Pete Prisco is going to pick the Jaguars, and he did. Uh, he also added the Steelers and Falcons. All right, I'll give him that. I probably should have taken the Steelers too. But my three were the Broncos, Vikings, and Panthers. I think uh, I'm on this Joe Flacco bandwagon. I'm driving it. I'm not going to let Ryan steal it from me. I'm not going to let Sean steal it from me. My bandwagon, I think the Broncos bounce back. I'm sort of like selling the Chargers. I think the Chargers might fall apart, which means they could probably win the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm out on the Chargers, in on the Broncos. Uh, obviously, I've been pumping out the Panthers on this podcast. Cam Newton needs to stay healthy, but if he does, and, uh, you know, then that's great. And, uh, I, I, again, I'd like the Vikings, as you will soon discover more. What do you think, Sean? So I took the uh, Browns and Steelers, neither of whom were bad last year, but I'm picking both of them to make the playoffs. Um, and then my team that was actually not good last year, the Falcons, I think they rebound with the 10-1 season, um, and I think they emerge as a wildcard team behind the Saints in the NFC South. Ryan, you wrote extensively on this. Who did you pick? I <laughs> went uh, the Browns. This is, a, this is a vacation blurb if I've ever seen one. <laughs> I went with the Falcons. My new thing is just gonna be totally ignore you. You did not. Take, with, you did not take the Falcons according to this document. I'm staring right at it. <laughs> I mean, it says maybe this is the most well actually will. Brent, you probably should refresh that. <laughs> yeah, good refresher, Grandpa. I took the Browns, the Falcons, and the Panthers. You may have heard of the Panthers. Will they live two hours to the to the west of you in Charlotte, North Kakalaka? Um, yeah. So I think I think for basically the reasons you point out with the Panthers and the same reasons Sean pointed out with the Falcons that they will be uh, at the top of that division, which perhaps is bad news for the New Orleans Saints. Oh. Uh, Breach, how about you? I am on the Browns bandwagon with Ryan and Sean, and then I am on the Prisco-Jacksonville Jaguars bandwagon. I don't know why. I let them talk me into it. I just listened to them all off season, and now here I am thinking they're going to be a bounce-back team. And then I have the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I know Sean has talked endlessly about how they're not going to be a bounce-back team, because the Bears are the class of the NFC North. However, I feel comfortable calling them my favorite bounce-back team in 2019. 
Preacher, can, you're, I, can I point this out quickly? Sure. That you, you're making fun of me for mailing it in. If you scroll up and just look at what you wrote compared to what I wrote, I actually wrote more than you did. So as it, ter- <laughs> as it turns out, what I was looking at was a placeholder from Breach or something. But then Breach also writes ex- that ex- after watching the Bengals go 7-9 to nine last season, pretty much everyone in America has given up on them except for me. That Wilson. is because you are reading last year's article. That was all placeholder to, before I could put your guys' stuff from this year in. Uh, gotcha. So you're writing your blurbs later. That's the only blurb I haven't written. Okay. All right. Well, that was a disaster. Cool. Um, <laughs> the, uh, we also have uh, free-falling teams. I'm going to start. God, I listed four of those. That feels excessive. Uh, the Bears, Saints, Chargers, and Rams. I think those wow, are- you went all in. You, oh. you actually picked like four. Yeah, four really good teams. good teams. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I cheated. Um, <laughs> so, Brinson, which fan base is going to be angriest at you? Uh, well, the Chargers Bears. don't have any fans, so not them. <sighs> Um, probably the Bears because the Bears hate me and my child and my child's haircut. <laughs> Just one Bears fan. Uh, I think Saints fans are probably more rabid than Bears fans. Yeah, but, but also have, he's picking against the entire city of Los Angeles. Like you're going to be banned from LA. Okay, if um, if all four of those teams won less than ten games, would that qualify as me being correct? Well, do they any of them, any of them make the playoffs? They're yeah, not? I think they if they all miss the playoffs, I think we give you credit. I, yeah, I would hope I would get credit if all four of those teams missed the playoffs. Well, you said less than – you can make that's the playoffs. Pretty, yeah, yeah if, if they win nine games, I think that's fair to call them free fall because they all won 12 or more. But they can't go to the playoffs and be a free fall team at nine and seven. I mean, the Eagles went from – What if they go eight and eight and make the playoffs? They're still a free fall team yeah. just because they're in a trash division. What if they win the Super Bowl, though, John? At eight and eight? Yeah. Then you're a free fall team that lucked into the playoffs, <laughs> fell face forward into the Super Bowl. You still you you regressed and free fell during the regular season. So Brentson still wins. Okay. The Bears going seven eight and one, winning the division and then winning the Super Bowl <laughs> would be would be weird. That would that would, you know who would be the happiest person on the planet. Sean yeah. Wagner Magoo. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Sean Wagner Magoo, who you got, Swimmy, on a free fall team that you cheated? Um. So I have the. Uh, you're not gonna like the first one, the Colts. Um, and that's strictly because the, obviously the Andrew Luck retirement. That's an obvious I, cheat, but that's fine. Go ahead. Yeah. I told you, you actually went for, you actually went bold. I went lame. Um, uh, Titans who won nine win, got nine wins last year. Wait. Uh, so your first prediction was a team whose quarterback retired. Your second one is a team who didn't even make the playoffs last year. Well, I'm anxious I, I'm, to hear I'm your third to one. explain. They had nine wins last year. I think they finished with somewhere around five or six wins. And third, the Miami Dolphins. They only won seven, <laughs> they, they won seven games last year. But, uh, seven, is, seven to zero is a free fall. Maybe the Redskins count. Third or the Dallas Cowboys, hmm. who I think will finish. What did I write? Five hundred. I think they're due for an eight and eight kind of year. Eagles win that division. Uh, Wilson, who you got? Uh, hey, Breach, can you remove the T-H-E in the first sentence of my blurb? I think the <laughs> next thing. But uh, I got the Bears because, um, like everyone else, I don't know, I don't even know how Sean feels about the Bears, but I, I expect they will regress. I'm not sold on Mitchell Trubisky. I would like him to play well, but the fact that Matt Nagy was a points frustrated during training camp has me concerned. And then the Texans. I don't know what Bill O'Brien's doing. I think getting Tunsil makes sense, but not at the, at the same, at the cost that it was and at the cost for getting rid of Clowney. And, I don't know what the plan is there either. I don't know if Deshaun Watson can survive even with Tunsil there because I don't have any, I don't have a lot else. Good news, they, they cut your boy Khalil, so I suppose that's a step in the right direction. But um, Chicago and Houston. Mm, and Breach. I listed one team and one team only because I am that confident that they're going to be the biggest free fall team of 2019. It is the Houston Texans. And I have never – I even feel – I wrote all of this before 
all the craziness from Saturday, and I am even more firm that they are going to be a free-fall team because the whole thing just feels like a disaster to me. And obviously, they were a first-place team last season. I don't think they're just going to be bad. I think they'll be the last-place team in the AFC South this year. Mm, spicy. Let's talk about the comeback slash most improved player. Um, I think this is just the comeback award. This is our prediction for the comeback award, right? Uh, correct me if anybody else. Peep well, Peep and we pre- all put different players. Or which just I like. most improved. Because I feel like comeback player of the year is usually given like the actual NFL, NFL award is given to someone who like tore their ACL last year. Okay, or... your your pick your pick would qualify. Your pick would qualify. does it qualify? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, well, you get to. Yeah, I pick Cam Newton, shoulder surgery, coming back. Feed leads the Panthers to 10 or 12 wins. I think it's an easy choice. The, the obvious narrative, he plays at an MVP level, it could work. Um, Jared Dubin had Earl Thomas, I think that's a really good choice. Uh, uh, good one. uh, Pete Prisco had Josh Allen, that's a miserable choice. It's like, it's most improved player. That's a breakout player. Pete, don't you know what you're doing? And just, Actually, Pete meant Josh Allen for the Jaguars. <laughs> and uh, uh, J- JLC had Odell Beckham, which is a very good choice as well. Um, Sean, who did you have? I have David Johnson. And, uh, like, David Johnson wasn't terrible last year. He was serviceable. Um, I think he was, like, 10th in fantasy points in standard scoring. I think in Cliff Kingsbury's offense with that high volume, um, with that terrible offensive line, I think they're going to use him a lot of screens. Um, use him more effectively as a pass catcher than he's been used last year. Um, I think he returns, um, reestablishes himself as one of the best running backs in football, a top two, top three type of fantasy season. By the way, and the reason that this works is because we actually have historical precedent of this award being given out in similar fashion. 2013, your man, Philip Rivers received the uh, Comeback Player of the Year award. In 2012, he played... 16 games, completed 64% of his passes for 3,600 yards, 26 touchdowns, and 15 interceptions. Pretty good season. <laughs> Didn't get injured, but the Chargers went 7-9, and nine, and then the next year they went 9-7, and seven and they gave him the Comeback Player of the Year award, which was really weird and stupid because he was just coming back from a kind of a crappy season with a bunch of turnovers and fumbles. Um, so David Johnson certainly could work. Who you got, Ryan? In the same vein, Jacoby Brissett didn't play last year hardly at all. The year before, he took a whooping when Andrew Luck was missing. Uh, due to the shoulder injury, and that team was completely different. Not a good football team at all. They now have Frank Reich. They now have Chris Ballard. A lot of good players around on both sides of the ball, and I think if they come out and win nine or ten games, he's certainly a candidate for comeback player of the year. All right. How about you, Breach? I went with Jimmy Garoppolo for the same reason you guys all picked a quarterback. Uh, obviously, coming off the ACL injury, if they win – 9, 10, 11 games. He'll probably win the award unless him and Cam both win 9, 10, or 11 games. Then it's going to be split, and me and Brenton have to fist fight to see who actually gets the award. And let me throw one more thing in. Last year, we all made this prediction, and one of us got it right. Everyone else got it wrong. The person who got it correct was Wilbur Brenton. Oh, did I pick Mahomes at this thing last year? I think it was luck. Comeback, oh, come comeback. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, Luck was an obvious. Sorry, I was Googling to uh, see. I wanted to just see. So I think this is kind of an interesting number, just to throw it out there. Um, Jacoby Brissett for MVP is 100 to 1. I don't hate that. Better than uh, Mitchell. (laughs) If the Colts win 9 or 10 games, he's going to get buzz. Right? I think they're going to win 9 games. Right. And if they win 9 games, people are going to talk about Brissett as a possible MVP candidate. I just just throwing it out there. What do you think about that? What do you think about that, Sean? 
I mean, I think about it the same way that I think about the Trubisky bet that Ryan gave us. It's probably not going to happen. A hundred uh, odds if you're a quarterback of a what's that? Breach? Will, Will I was going to say, Will? Did you not listen to Sean's free fall teams? He thinks your prediction is crap. Yeah. Uh, breakout player. This is true. <laughs> this is sort of an arbitrary thing, but it, like this is where Pete should have done Josh Allen. Instead, he did Dalvin Cook, which have actually would have been a better choice for comeback player, and Josh Allen would have been a better player for breakout player. But that should explain to you why. It would just be a, a clear explanation of how Pete can handle technology in 2019. Uh, Jason Lockett forward with Lamar Jackson. I think that's a really good choice. Jared Dubin went for Damian Williams. May want to change that with a LaShawn McCoy <laughs> uh, signing. Uh, and I went with Jacoby Brissett. I wanted to put him as a comeback player, but there's nothing to come back from, I wrote. So I'll go with Breakout instead. Um, that was my way of squeezing in Cam Newton. Who'd you have, Sean? Um, so I had Leonard Floyd, but you mentioning um, – the Chiefs backfield made me kind of want to switch it to LaShawn McCoy because um, I think that would be an interesting oh, – sorry, for comeback player of the year. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, For breakout, I have Leonard Floyd, who has never had more than seven sacks in a season since he was a, the ninth overall pick in 2016. Only has eight and a half over the last two years. Um, I think with Chuck Pagano's blitz-heavy scheme, I think they might use him a little bit more as a pass rusher. Vic Fangio kind of had him dropping into coverage a little bit. Um, so I think he's going to go – um, set a career high in sacks. Wilson. You know him as James. I call him Jimmy Washington. James Washington. Oh, <laughs> yes. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Terrible last year as a rookie. He has no choice. Had a huge preseason. We'll see if that carries over. But I think he has a chance to, to make some waves. Uh, um, Sean Homer, this one took a Bears player. Ryan Homer, it took a Steelers <laughs> player. Did I Homer and take Andy Dalton? No, I did not. I took Josh Gordon. I even, I'm writing that I'm not sure he qualifies for this. But I feel like he has been just kind of non-existent for the past five years. So if he does have a big year, he is potentially a breakout player this year. Uh, and obviously that would mean he needs to be on the field for 16 games, which is a completely impossible thing to know at this point. Um, do we skip anything? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Last team to get a win. We missed that one down at the bottom. Um, <laughs> this is pretty bad, but John, Ryan – and myself all took the Raiders. Uh, it's because their schedule is impossible. If they don't beat the Broncos in week one, they have a brutal schedule, which we've covered. I love the Raiders under this year at six. Sean, uh, you took Dolphins and Redskins. Well, I put a slash. So they play in week six. So I think um, both of those teams will be winless heading into that meeting. Um, so I kind of cheated just whoever loses that game. I wanted to pick the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do it to breach. But they get the Cardinals at home in week five, which is a pretty winnable game, I would say. Credit to you for using the, uh, this venue to troll, uh, John Breach. It's always impressive when people can pull that off. Breach is doing what's the, what's the early line on that, uh, Bengals, Bengals, uh, Cardinals game? Minus three? If you, if no one watches a game, can you really bet on it? <laughs> I'm, I'm making a line at minus four. Who are you making minus four? Bengals. They're at home, right? Yeah. I think it's a uh, minus three. Oh, it's a pick 'em. It's embarrassing. Um, the uh, the Cardinals, by the way, came out. We heard a bunch of players have been like, "You haven't even begun to see what Cliff Kingsbury is about to unleash on this, on like the world." Uh, it's like we've been so vanilla. We're about to rip it open once the regular season gets uh-huh. here. Anybody believe that? Because I don't believe that. Two words: Texas Tech. <laughs> I think the offense might be exciting. I don't think the Cardinals will be good. Yeah. They're going to go out there, and the Lions defensive front is going to sack Kyler eight times in the first game. <laughs> Entirely possible. Uh, defensive. Wait, Patricia will be 
in the running for coach of the year. <laughs> if Matt Patricia wins coach of the year, I think we should agree right now that you have to get a uh, Matt Patricia tattoo on your uh, shoulder. Right? On your forehead. And in addition, no, I'll do it on my shoulder, and I will get a tattoo of a pencil coming down my face like this. <laughs> Be careful. Has, Be careful. Please, please break the score out so we can tweet it out. Okay. Yeah, will you, will you really, if the Lions win the Super Bowl, will you, will, you, will you really do that? No, I don't have a tattoo on my body. My first tattoo is not going to be Matt Patricia's face on my shoulder. Well, that's what you just said. I say a lot of things, Sean. I'm old and senile. All right, what's next? <laughs> if Mr. Trubisky wins MVP, will you get Mitchie, Mitchie MVP on, on your back? Yeah, that I will do. I mean, we can help, we can help him pay for that too, so. Yeah, we'll, yeah. yeah. I'll do it on my, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's been my favorite office episode, by the way, when Michael had to get the tattoo. No, not Michael. Andy had to get the tattoo. All right, what's next? Defensive rookie of the year. Uh, I went, uh, homerific with, uh, Prisco here. And actually, you, oh, the four of us are split. We got Ed Oliver from Lock and Fora. Um, Jared Dubin went with Quinn and Williams. And then Sean and I have Josh Allen. Why do you like him as well, Sean? He's joining a really good defense. So he's, you know, he doesn't have to be, you know, the guy who's solving all the problems. Um, and I think he's looked incredible in the preseason. Uh, so, you, uh, so Sean is trolling the other Josh Allen by liking <laughs> that's actually pretty funny like you'd be like josh allen fan you should put that in your twitter profile josh allen fan of the jags uh you guys both picked devin bush ryan you're the steelers hammer why'd you do it replacing ryan shazier uh, again another great preseason like uh jimmy washington and they traded to get him from 20 to 10 they needed help in the middle of that defense he's fast he looks to be a good tackler uh he, he was awesome in michigan that seems to be translating so I'm interested to hear why Bush, why Breach picked Bush, even because we know that the Breach hates the Steelers. Ryan, I'm an objective person, and just because I hate a team doesn't mean I can't recognize the talent that that team has. And everything you just said, I agree with, and I like Bush to win the defensive rookie of the year. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Behind no, Andy Dalton. I don't know. I need to look and see if this is uh, accurate across the board, but I, but just so people know, John. I have Josh Allen on my local at fifteen to one to win this award. That's too high, right? That's steep. I would take that. He's five to one at uh, on 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 an offshore. Yeah, at fifteen to one, you need to bet that right now. I'm about to. Devin Bush seven and a half to one. He's four to one on the offshore. What do you think? Who's the who's the who has the um the best odds? Uh, it is Devin White at seven to one, followed by Nick Bosa plus seven thirty, Quinn Williams plus seven eighty, Devin Bush plus seven fifty, then Ed Oliver fifteen hundred. Well, Bosa is a terrible bet because he can't stay healthy. Uh, so bet Bush too or just Allen? I would start with Allen because I think Sean's right; he has a better chance to do things. There are fewer. It's a pretty quote loaded class there, though, they, of yeah. guys that could win. Everyone you just named. Plus, as a middle linebacker, you have to do a lot of things really well. Yeah. I mean, if he's, if he's in coverage a bunch, he ain't getting a bunch of numbers. Leland Farrell for the Raiders, too. I think, well, the, the key is, like, the key is, like, is if Josh Allen can get 12 sacks and nobody yeah. has, you know, I mean. We don't know what Ngakwe's going to do. He's not back yet, right? He'll be back because he has to get it for a crude season. Uh, okay. Offensive rookie of the year. You spoiled this one already. Yeah, I did. Um, I'm taking Garrett Bradbury. <laughs> I would like to point out, Brenton, I'm not <laughs> stat, no offensive lineman has ever won this award. <laughs> Thank you, Breach. Um, I'm not going to give my whole spiel, right? Does it, have I given the spiel enough about the about? Well, how does how, what is what is his path to winning? 
Like, I think he's going to be a good player. Dalvin Cook rushes for 2,000 yards. Dalvin Cook rushes for 2,000 yards, and Garrett Bradbury gets a ton of credit for it. No, you know how he wins it? He throws 40 touchdowns and runs for 2,000 yards. (laughs) Garrett Bradbury does. Would it be surprising if everybody in this uh, in this in this rookie class is bad? There's not a ton of wide receivers to blow up. I don't think there's not a ton of running backs. I mean, like Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders could certainly win it. Um, well, somebody has to win it. I know, but I'm saying like there's not like a yeah. Two of the first round quarterbacks are starting on the bench. Yeah, there's no Zeke. There's no Barkley. I mean, you know, so that that's sort of my logic. Um, Sean, you went in a different direction. You went the same, same way. That- <laughs> I I chose someone who actually has a chance to win it. Which is Kyler Murray. That was a popular pick. Yeah. Plus one ninety five. So he's less than two to one to uh to win it. I can't even I can't even bet on Garrett Bradbury to win it. They don't even have odds for him. What the hell? <laughs> this book is there even a- like a field? Yeah, option? it's like it's four and a half to one. I'm not doing that. I'll I'm take it along that. with what do you want? I'll take it along with the uh <laughs> Yeah, actually I think I want it on that one too. Right. <laughs> two hundred to one, five bucks each. Done. <laughs> no, I'm you owe me ten bucks. Can I owe you what? What's that? We're gonna take twenty thousand if you win. <laughs> yeah, Sean's too scared to lose a thousand. I'm so too scared to do it. <laughs> um, who uh, who'd you go with, Ryan? I went with Murray along with uh, Sean, obviously, and Jared Dubin. Who else? Pete Prisco, and then uh, John Breach and Jason Lockenfora went in a different direction. We did look. A running back has won this three the past four years, so I'm I'm buying the running back, and I think. Kyler Murray's a good option, but he might end up throwing 15 interceptions. Who knows? So I'm with Miles Sanders. I was split between Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs. I like the Eagles offense 10 times more than I like the Raiders offense. So I think there's just more potential there for Miles Sanders to have a big year. Um, just in case people have these odds out there, I don't want to, you know, I don't know where people are betting, but, um, Miles Sanders 12 to 1 offshore, Josh Jacobs 8 to 1, David Montgomery 4.5 to 1. I was just going to ask about him. He sort of slid under the radar. He has a chance to, to make some noise. As I, I pointed out, we don't know what Trubisky might do in, in year three. My local has, my local has David Montgomery 16 to one. I mean, I just, you have to take, like you're literally getting four to four, like four times value. Well, four to one sounds crazy. 16 right? to one does not. No, I agree, but I wonder I would, if you can find David Montgomery at 16 to one to win the offensive rookie of the year. I think that's a very good bet because of the reasons that Breach stated. I mean, and as Ryan, you know, noted, Huge fan of the uh, Chicago Bears. And rehash real quick. Two of us got this right last year. Two of us correctly predicted last year's offense rookie year. That was Ryan and Sean, and they agree again this year. So uh, oh. maybe the money should be on Kyler. Yeah, the money should be on Kyler. He's less than two to one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Sean. the money is on Kyler because me and Wilson. That's why. I'll that actually, I would actually point out that, that Saquon should not have won last year. It should have been Baker Mayfield, but whatever. I disagree. Uh, <laughs> I disagree. We actually Second wrote was generational. We wrote an opposing viewpoint. Oh, yes. <laughs> Embrace the bait. Uh, coach of the year. Frank Wright for Jason Lockenfora. Matt LaFleur for Pete Prisco. <laughs> Slightly different than, um, what? But who is it? Was it, which one of y'all? This is an awesome. So we graded each other's bold predictions on, uh, yesterday's show, Ryan. Yeah. And, um, who, which one of y'all predicted that Matt LaFleur would be the first coach fired? Uh, <laughs> no, well, my prediction was the Packers are going to finish below 500, and they didn't think it was bold enough, so then I got bullied into saying that Matt LaFleur will be fired before the end of the year. Um, so, I don't feel great about it. But I got bullied into it. The evidence is there. 
on the podcast. This is a very bizarre blurb for Prisco. Winning the Super Bowl in his first season would mean he can only go down from there. <laughs> uh, I should know. Pete was sitting next to me at the pool on vacation. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pete, we know Pete's in vacationing. Uh, Dubin had Ron Rivera. Love the Panthers this season, he writes. I like that pick as well. Um, but Breach, you actually agree with Pete Prisco. Look, between the Jacksonville thing and, and the Green Bay bandwagon, I feel like, I don't know if we, I went to the same short person convention as Prisco because we just agree on everything this year. It's a little weird. Uh, and you look just like Matt LaFleur. I think that has more to do with anything else. Well, I'd like people, and he used to live in Nashville because he was the offensive coordinator for the Titans last season. So the more popular he gets is good for me because then people will recognize me in Nashville as Matt LaFleur. Who knows what kind of perks I get? So I've already mentioned it a bunch of times. I think the Packers will be good this year. And since it will, if they are good, it will show that getting rid of Mike McCarthy was the right thing. And LaFleur's offense will have obviously flourished if they're good. And I think he'll get a lot of that credit even if Aaron Rodgers tries to steal it, and that makes him coach of the year. Uh, if you wanted to bet on Matt LaFleur to be the first coach fired, he's 35-1, to 1, mm. uh, even with Kyle Shanahan and Freddie Kitchens, who I believe Sean. By, by the way, I didn't say he was going to be the first coach fired. I just said he would be fired by the end of the year. I still think that's true. Figured, yeah. I still think Jay Gruden is the first coach. Fired. It was, it was a, I don't wait. Don't fire him at the end of the year. It's a bold prediction. Anyway, you have Freddie Kitchens. You have as your uh, coach of the year, right? Yeah, it just seems pretty obvious. If the Browns and their historic playoff drought, I can't imagine Kitchens not winning it. Hmm. Um, and I went with Mike Zimmer again. I'll get to that in, more in a minute. Um, well, I wonder who Wilson, you're picking to win Wilson, the Super Wilson, who'd you pick? Michael Tomlin. No Le'Veon Bell. No Antonio Brown. Steelers going to make a deep playoff run after missing the playoffs last year. And finally, Tomlin gets the respect he's earned since coming there in 07. He's not winning with uh, Bill Cowers' guys. He's winning with his guys and Kevin Colbert's guys. Lock it up. What are the odds on Mike Tomlin? Uh, getting fired? No. When did the, <laughs> uh, the yeah. coach? I, I don't think he actually got on coach of the year, which is kind of odd. What are the odds of them getting fired? 100 um, to 1? Ooh, that's actually, I'll tell you, hold on, let's see. Uh, this is an offshore, just so you know. Mike Tomlin is 15 to 1 to get fired. What? That's it? Right? I'm not betting on that. That's terrible odds. The floor is 35. Yeah, I, I thought you would get way better odds. First there. coach fired. Jay Gruden is plus 275. That is insanely low. Uh, Matt Patricia, 10 to 1. Bill O'Brien, 12 to 1. Doug Barone, 12 to 1. Jason Gary, 12 to 1. Shermer, 12 to 1. Dan Quinn, 15 to 1. No coach fired plus eight plus eight to one. That's a terrible deal. What is a uh, Belichick? Um, <laughs> he is a hundred and fifty to one. Oh really? Yeah. The McVay, Peterson, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Matt Nagy, Zach Taylor at fifty to one. Please get out what? Here. Yeah, it's insane. We did not do well. None of us got this correct last year, but we all had good guesses. Uh, Sean took Belichick. Obviously, your team they won the Super Bowl. That's, that's, took, no, 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 I disagree. That's a terrible guess because he never wins. Because he's never going to win because everybody he has such high expectations. Brinson took Andy Reid, who obviously had a fantastic regular season, 12-4, but did not win the award. Me and Wilson both had the same guess, same prediction. We took Bill O'Brien, who yeah. took <laughs> the Texans from last place in 2017 to first place in 2018, but also did not win the award. So every coach we predicted all ended up in the playoffs. So we didn't flop on that one, but Matt Nagy won it. Hey, can I ask quickly why? And I'm, I'm guilty of this. Why do we think that Texans are going to suddenly suck, even though Bill O'Brien has on paper maybe a slightly better team? 
I, I, think, I think the Texans are winning the division. Oh, okay. Well, about the, the, the other two people. Well, I think here's the problem is that Larry Tunsil is just one guy and not five guys. And but that offensive line is still better. Point. It's definitely better, but like, as a, as a lot of people have pointed out, is, and you can see it when you watch the Texans, like, it's not just because their offensive line sucks. It's because Deshaun Watson holds onto the ball forever, trying to extend plays, takes a bunch of sacks that he creates himself. Um, and I think that if Deshaun Watson gets hurt, and JJ, yeah. JJ Watt gets hurt. And that's not crazy because Deshaun Watson has two, two torn ACLs in the past five years. And JJ Watt has had multiple back surgeries. If those two guys go down, this is a four win team. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> that's what they said happened when, when, it's what happened two no, years ago. I know. You gotta keep him healthy. I mean, and that's in their offensive line. They've got to face Cam Jordan first week against the Saints. They have, they face the Jags in week two, Chargers in week three. Like Texas could be 0 and 5. Hasta la vista. Deshaun. <laughs> Hope you like uh riding the old bus, pal. Yeah, no kidding. Visa means goodbye, Sean. I'm I'm confused. Why why am I why are you saying goodbye to me? Oh no, I said Deshaun, not Sean. Oh, I was like I thought you were saying Sean. I was like, I know I'm picking them to win the division. I'm not that invested in them. Uh defensive player of the year award. Jason Lockenford went with Aaron Donald, Pete Briscoe goes Von Miller. I'm gonna take Miles Garrett. I'm not really in on the Browns this year, but I think with that defensive line and Garrett, the way he plays in one-on-one set, like if he unleashes his full uh, repertoire of pass rushing moves, I think we could see an explosion from him. And like, look, your Freddie Kitchens pick to, if the Browns make the playoffs, I think it's a pretty, it's a good pick. Like if the Browns go nine, 10 or 11 wins, Freddie Kitchens is going to get a lot of love. And if their defense is great, Miles Garrett is two. Who'd you have, Ryan Wilson? Your breach agreed again. Jimmy James Watt. We talked about you just talked about if he gets injured, that's a big issue for the Texans. Justin, uh he just, missed Justin, what let's see. Justin James Watt. Oh, I didn't know what it was. I know it's JJ. So he played in just eight games combined in twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, played all sixteen games last year, started them all had sixteen sacks, maybe thirty years old, but he's still among the best in the NFL and more than capable of his fourth defensive player of the year honor. That's where I'm at. Uh I agree. And as a note, only one of us got this correct last year. That was me. Who was it? Oh, Aaron Donald. Donald. Only one person picked Aaron Boom. Donald. Boom. How many people you? picked Aaron Donald this year? Only the one. three of you took Cleo Mack. Oh, oh wow. So I'm repeating. Yeah, I, I have Mack again. Um, this kind year, of feels, Lock and Four on Dubin picked Aaron Donald. Yeah, it kind of feels dumb not to pick Aaron Donald at this point, except the thing is, if he doesn't – he had, what, 20 and a half sacks last year? Mm-hmm. If he doesn't hit that 20 and a half, it's like that Mahomes MVP effect. People – are going to say, oh, he regressed. He wasn't as good. So it's going to be hard for him to repeat. I had also Mac. had Ndamukong Sue butting up with him on the defensive line last year. That's true. Um, so I have Mac, who missed two games last year with an ankle injury. Um, wasn't really up to speed at the beginning of the year. And uh, I don't know. I think the pick speaks. Interesting. For Interesting that uh, PFR, I mean, yeah, Pro Football Reference has added. They had Pro Football Focus. All pro teams on there, which is kind of interesting. Um, for a while. Yeah. Mac, Mac, Max won the defensive player of the year award the back to back in back to back years. I mean, not Max, excuse me, Donald. So I think it was probably a voter fatigue situation if he, if somebody else breaks out. This would not be the year to pick him. You pick him in two years after he doesn't win, uh, this season. The offensive player of the year award, I went with Matt Ryan because the Falcons don't play outdoors until November, which means he's going to put up big old numbers. Pete Prisco agrees with me. He takes out Julio Jones. Jason Lacanfora went with Patrick Mahomes, and I bet he's not the only – oh, wait, Ryan – oh, yeah. 
I bet he's at Brian Wilson, you agree with me too. Wow. Yeah. They get, I mean, they drafted two offensive linemen in the first round. They're trying to protect Matt Ryan. They have 87 running backs on the roster to take some of the pressure off of them. Yeah, I think they're going to be really good this year. Uh, Breach, you went ahead and said uh, Mahomes. I did, but only because I didn't have him as my MVP winner, and he's going to win one of the two, if not both, like last year. Jared Dubin said to Sean Watson, and then Sean Wagner-McGuff went off the radar with his pick. Who'd you go with? Christian McCaffrey. I mean, we talked about it um, on, on the Cut podcast. I just don't think they have another guy there who can relieve him of some of his touches. So I think it's going to be a combination of volume. I think he will lead the league in touches um, and, you know, him being prolific. So, uh, And the MVP. Jason, looking forward with Drew Brees. His numbers will be off the charts, he says. Prisco says, want numbers? Sure, Pete. <laughs> How about 4,800 yards, 43 touchdown passes, and eight picks? Question Let me guess. Mark. Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I said Rodgers, I think. But, yes, oh. um, that's not even that great, Pete. But I mean, it's great, but, you know, it's like compared to Mahomes, whatever. Uh, I went with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. So he's undervalued when he comes to this award. Big Ben will have near, I, I've said this a billion times on this podcast. You guys know I'm going Big Ben. You can still get him at 34 to 1, uh, out there, which is great value. And, um, I'm sure that Sean, I can't imagine who Sean would have picked. Hmm. Yeah, I have Patrick Mahomes. <clears throat> do you want to, to go on a limb, do, I need, do I need to explain? I don't think I need to explain. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll read the blurb in my Sean voice. Oh, please don't. This is. <laughs> This is, I'm, I'm fine. Wait, let me record this separately so I can send it to HR. Okay. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Mahomes staves off regression by submitting his second straight 50 touchdown, 55,000 yard season to capture his second straight MVP award. No. Uh, who'd you have, Ryan? Yeah, that was, is Sean Smithers? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Ryan went out of the box. Yeah, Zeke Elliott, baby. He's going to prove why. Wow. He's going to prove why running backs. Are the most important player on the offense, uh, at least in the case of the Cowboys. Uh, he should be the highest paid running back, I believe. We'll see if that happens. But, uh, you know, if he runs for 1800 yards and catches eight or 900 more yards, he's a shoe in. By the way, Mahomes four to one, Zeke Elliott 49 to one. Ooh, and, jump uh, on it. John Breach, you rolled with uh, the same thing that uh, Jason Lockett Ford did. I did. I think it's going to be Breeze. I think Mahomes probably has the best chance, but if Breeze has a similar season, maybe throws for 4,500 yards, this year, instead of what he did last year, which was slightly under 4,000, he is going to get the pity vote because he's nearing 40 years old. He's finished second place in the voting the most times of anyone in NFL history, which is four times. And I think they'll finally give him the award if he puts up good enough numbers and he's in the final three if he's in that conversation. Uh, by the way, Breach, you want a free free line there? You'd say he's basically the Phil Mickelson of the NFL. Or the Susan Lucci. Oh, nice. Or the Susan Lucci. There you go. Uh, that look on Brenton's face is, I don't know who Susan Lucci is. Look at that. He has no idea. You got him, John. Nice. <laughs> who doesn't love Susan Lucci? <laughs> Brenton's stalling to Google. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I mean, everyone could notice that. Did she finish second for like Emmys or something? What's the deal? Can you tell uh, who is she? Sorry, what's the soap opera she's on, John? I don't know. It's all my, all my children. All my children. The look of shock and horror on Brenton's face. Has made this 90 minutes priceless. <laughs> well done, John. You win. Who the hell is Susan? Or Susan. Susan. How did you come up with that? Is she... <laughs> He's pop culture John. 
Uh, Gotta know that stuff, man. Gotta know it. All right, we'll probably have to do separate predictions for the divisions. We've talked about those pretty regularly, but let's think of our Super Bowl pick here. Um, I'm going to blitz through this really quickly. I'm taking the Vikings. I mentioned Mike Zimmer. I mentioned Garrett Bradbury. I got Kirk Cousins winning Super Bowl MVP because he's the quarterback of the team I've got winning the Super Bowl. I have the Vikings beating the Steelers. For those that care, and you guys can give your uh, your, your your matchup as well. Um, the defense has always been worthy of making the Super Bowl. I think this is the year that the offense catches up. I like Dalvin Cook to lead the league in rushing. Um, they've got a ton of great weapons in the passing game. The offensive line is substantially better, and Gary Kubiak's scheme with Kevin Stefanski running it is going to look very good with all the personnel that fits, as I've talked about in this podcast a million times. So I got the Vikings beating the Steelers. We have Jason Lockett four with the Patriots, because why not? All they do is win, win, win. Is that a is that's a reference to the song? All yeah. they do is win, win, win. It's JLC, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Pete Prisco has the Packers. The defense will be much improved. We know they have Aaron Rodgers, who will be in the elite MVP race. I love where this team is heading. Uh Sean, I I'm not gonna read a thing in your voice, but I can guess that you can. So I picked the Chiefs. Are you, uh, are you the only one on this podcast who picked the Chiefs? Am I? No. Who else picked no. the Chiefs? Kurt all Monroe. of y'all, all you guys picked the Chiefs and so we all, Wait, we all picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl? Yep, not happening now. And my blurb even says, despite what it might seem like, I swear there was no memo at CBS Sports that required us all to pick the Chiefs. But who do you have them beating? Because I bet you don't have them beating who I have them beating. I do think we probably have all different teams. Sean, who you got? Chiefs who? Eagles. Oh, that's right, because in the bold prediction podcast, yeah. Sean was like, We don't need a rehab. My final yeah. bold prediction was the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. And we asked him who was over, and he was like, The Eagles. And we're like, Wait a minute, you didn't, why wouldn't your bold prediction that Andy Reid wins his first Super Bowl by beating his old team? That would have been it's so revenge. Much fun. It's revenge on his old team. Instead, he went with that. Um, who do you have? Well, I, got a, I got enough, too. Who do you have playing, Wilson? I have them beating your Seattle Seahawks. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Bengals. Wow. Even though that's not possible. <laughs> they trade him to the, to the NFC and they still lost the Super Bowl. Breach, who do you have the Chiefs beating? And I have the Chiefs beating Brinson's Minnesota Vikings. Ah, we're, yeah. But actually, everybody already knew that except for Ryan. Even people who listened <laughs> to the podcast yesterday. Um, Susan Lucci didn't know it. Susan, <laughs> were you at Lucci? Uh, who did you guys, I assume, um, if you guys all have the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, you probably have Mahomes winning the Super Bowl MVP. I should have gone with Sammy Watkins just a spike, but yeah. <laughs> that would have been incredible. Uh, all right. Anything else that you guys want to add before we get out of here? That's the, uh, that's our predictions piece. You can read the whole thing on CBS sports. Even though we oh, just gave them all. After you read this on Tuesday, you can read my, uh, recap of Saturday's football action of the 2020 quarterback, uh, draft watch. Tua, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts went off. Well, so give us, a, give us a little, have you, have you started or are you? Oh God, yeah. I can't. I got home at three a.m. and then I spent all day watching taped football games. You did, so, right? Like seriously. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I, I didn't want to ask you how. I didn't want to ask you how those guys looked if you hadn't started watching. Oh no, yeah. Tua well, looked amazing, which isn't surprising. They're playing Duke. He's, um, he's, minus, nerf- he's minus two hundred to go first overall now. That's that's a great bet. Um, I, I, he looks fantastic. But again, they played Duke. Uh, Justin Herbert looked okay. They lost to Auburn last minute. It wasn't his fault. Uh, Jalen Hurts amazing. That that, 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 or, that Oregon Auburn game was incredible. That throw by Buddy Nix was nuts. Yeah. Um, the freshman rookie, the first time starting since 46, I think, for Auburn. Jalen Hurts, who, you know, played behind Tua last year, transferred to Oklahoma. Um, in Lincoln Riley's offense, he looks like a first round pick. And you might say, oh, maybe that's Lincoln, Lincoln Riley's offense. 
Baker Mayfield and, and uh, Kyler Murray, guys that no one was looking at in September of their last season of college football, Heisman Trophy winners and first-round picks. Um, Shea Patterson looked okay for Michigan, not great. Um, and one more, Jake Fromm. He looked pretty good. Not huge numbers. They run the ball a lot in Georgia, but um, read about it. Yeah, season. Georgia snuffed out Vandy pretty quickly. Though. Yeah. That game was out of, out of hand. By the way, Ryan, just so you know, your beloved Heinz Ward has joined, I saw the, that. has joined the Jets as an offensive assistant. Uh, we'll see how that goes. He's going to be playing by the end of the season. I hope he gives motivational speeches as well as he does analysis. Did analysis. Is his Ooh, too far. Yeah, too much. It's fine. We're an hour and ten minutes in the podcast. All right, let's get out of here. We'll be back tomorrow with Brady Quinn. Woo!